Hi, this is Sarah McCaslin, and I'd like to continue with part two of the podcast on Matilda Reed, known as the Angel of the Prisons. All right, well, thus far we've only talked about Matilda working in men's prisons, but Matilda also worked in women's prisons. Uh, in one particular instance, she had been invited to speak at a women's prison and uh, talk to the talk to the prisoners and. Before she started her message, she sat down next to a very attractive, young, blonde-headed, seemingly girl, teenage girl perhaps, and started to speak with her and found out that in reality she had been a murderess. Well, uh, Matilda gets up and begins to talk to the ladies and tell them about the grace of God and the forgiveness that the Lord has made available. And as she's talking about that, the female warden of the prison, whose name was Tarha, began to pound her fist into her palm and say, You sinners, you sinners, oh, you sinners. And she said it with such such hatred and such hostility. And Matilda was kind of taken aback. And after the message, she saw the crushing effect that this female warden's words had had on the young girl that she had been speaking to. So she goes back up to the girl and she says to her, have you repented of what you did? And the girl said, yes, I have. Indeed, I have. And Matilda says, well, do you wish for forgiveness and mercy? And she said, oh, I do. But the warden, she told me there was no forgiveness for what I've done and that I would have to be punished for all eternity. Well, obviously, Matilda disagrees greatly. So Matilda opens up her Bible and she shows this young girl the scripture that says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you know what? That scripture was powerful enough to overcome the lies that the enemy had been feeding this young girl. And she was able to take hold of salvation by faith. And her sins were forgiven and she was saved right there on the spot. So after the meeting... Matilda goes to speak to Tarha, and uh, before, I, probably before she can even start to say anything, Tarha is coming at her very indignantly and saying, Do you know how long I have been working to try to make that girl feel worthless? Do you know how hard I've worked to put her in her place? And Matilda began to witness to her, assuming that this woman surely must not know God or she wouldn't be behaving this way. And the woman got angry, the warden, and she said, would you put me in the same class with that hussy? And stalked off. Now, that was an interesting encounter for Matilda. Obviously, not everyone supported her work and not everyone supported her message of mercy and forgiveness from the Lord for criminals. Now, Tarha will come up again shortly. But uh, let's talk about another prisoner that Matilda visited. Now, this gentleman is a very famous Finnish criminal, and I'm going to tell you his name, which I'm obviously going to mispronounce because I'm a Texan, and then I'm going to spell it for you if you want to look him up on the Internet. His name is Matti Hapia, M-A-T-T-I, capital H-A-A-P-O-J-A. He was an infamous murderer in Finland. There were an estimated 22 victims, and he had been sentenced to death. 
Now, the prison officials at the prison where Matty was being held, they didn't want Matilda to go in to see him. They said he's, uh, he's sentenced to death. It's no use in trying to reach him. And Matilda said, well, that makes it even more important that someone point him to God. Don't worry. She said, if you're concerned for my safety, the Lord bears responsibility for my safety and not you. And so they let Matilda go in. They let her go in alone. And this is probably the most dangerous prisoner that she ever met with. Um, he was not pleased with being disturbed. And as she came in, they closed the door. He waited until the guards walked away and were out of earshot. And remember, these prisoners were chained with very heavy chains. He swung the chains, the massive chains on his arms against her neck, pinning her against the wall. She could barely breathe. And Matilda said that she was there, pinned against the wall, the chains cutting off her breath. She felt like she was about to faint, but she stood her ground. And she said to herself, God will not allow this. And she looked up and made eye contact with him. She met his gaze. And as she did, Mati, the murderer, he stepped back and let the chains fall and released her. Matilda acts like nothing happened. She decides to open her conversation with him by asking about his recent experience in Siberia. He had been uh, imprisoned in Siberia, and some of her prisoner friends also were incarcerated in Siberia, and she thought perhaps he might have encountered them. And as she spoke to him, he began to laugh, and she paused, and he said, I recognize you. You're the daughter of former Governor Reed. And he says, you know, you have his eyes and his nose, but... It's too bad you didn't inherit his good looks. And Matilda, you know, that was insulting. <laughs> that was uh, that was insulting. But Matilda just laughed off the comment. And uh, as he was sitting down, she said, well, you can invite me to sit down also. And so he moved over and then said, how do you have the courage to sit down next to me? And he then reminded her that, you know, it's no use talking religion to me. My sins are as high as a mountain. And Matilda said, that's good because mountains usually have cracks and crevices where seeds can be sown. And she turned the subject back around to Siberia. And she said, what are the conditions like for prisoners like you in Siberia? And he was telling her that, they worked outdoors in weather where the temperature was 40 below Fahrenheit. 40 below. Now, I know as a Texan, if it reaches 20 degrees Fahrenheit, I think I'm dying. I can't imagine 40 below. And he said that many times his eyes would freeze shut. And as he was working strenuous physical hard labor, the sweat would freeze on his body. And he longed to be able to die. And as Maddie uh, continued to speak with Matilda, it turned out that that warden that was so filled with hate and anger and hostility was his sister. And part of that hatred and hostility was no doubt tied in with the path that Maddie had taken and what he had done. 
Well, after speaking with Maddie for a while, Matilda had to go. And later, the governor of the prisoner reprimanded her and told her she had no right to be giving hope to these prisoners. And he told her, feeling much like Tarha the wardeness did, that these prisoners need to feel worthless and wicked. Well, of course, Matilda didn't agree with him, and no doubt she told him as much also. But that's exactly the opposite of what the Lord had told her and what the Lord had taught her. And I think it's neat that even though man would look at us and say that we deserve no mercy, that we're worthless, that we're wicked, that we're useless, that we deserve to be put down, that we need to be put in our place, that Jesus stands there knowing more about us than any other person. And in spite of all the bad things he knows about us, he offers us forgiveness. He offers to wash away our sins. He offers to take the wrongs that we've committed and never remember them against us again. And to give us his mercy and to give us his grace. And to give us a reminder that we are of value in his sight. And that's the type of message that Matilda was actively carrying uh, to the prisons there in Fenrum. Now, during this general time, Matilda had a good friend who was a member of the Finnish SBCA, Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. And yes, that existed even, even back then. And this friend had invited Matilda to join her as she headed to the Arctic Circle to report on the conditions of reindeer herds in Lapland. And Matilda saw this as an opportunity from God. And let me tell you why. One of the prisoners who had been shipped to Siberia had contacted Matilda before he was shipped off. She was a friend of his and asked her to return his wedding ring to his wife, whom he knew he would never see again. And Matilda agreed. And then he explained that the young woman, his wife, lived in Lapland. Well, here the Lord had opened up an opportunity for her to go to Lapland. So, ever the soul winner, Matilda stocked up on tracks in various languages and then secured that ring on the edge of a handkerchief and headed out to join her friend on their journey to the Arctic Circle. Now, she was able to find this young woman, this man's wife, and she was delighted to receive the ring that uh, belonged to her husband. And she was heartsick, heartsick over the fact that he had been sent to Siberia and she would no doubt never see her husband again. And she asked Matilda to please perform a second wedding ceremony for her, even though her husband wasn't physically there. She said, uh, explaining to Matilda, she was being actively pursued by men in the area. And she had children, and the promise of care for her child was tempting. And so uh, Matilda complied. This young woman wanted her to remain faithful to her husband, and she felt like this would give her that extra strength that she needed, so Matilda complied. Now, that wasn't the only uh, mission, so to speak, that Matilda was on there in Lapland. Um, while she was there, she won her elderly host over to the Lord. He had worshipped nature. That was all that he worshipped. And while he was listening to Matilda's testimony, he realized 
that what he had been craving all these years wasn't more of nature, but the God of nature. And he told Matilda that he appreciated so much her reaching out to him, even though he was an elderly man. He said, the Lord has shown me mercy in my midnight years. And Matilda loved that phrase, mercy at midnight, because many times that is exactly what the Lord had shown to those prisoners. He had shown them mercy at midnight before they were to be executed. They would be one to the Lord. So the Lord had done that many, many times. And that sort of became a theme for Matilda. And one of the best books that's written about her is entitled Mercy at Midnight. Now, that again, Matilda had other adventures in Lapland. Um, while she was there, she encountered one of her converts who actually was able to recognize her from a distance. And she saw this young man way off just waving his arms like crazy. And she didn't know what it was. And when he got close enough, she also recognized him. And he insisted that she preach there. Um, uh, the people, he said, they need to hear your message too, just like I heard it and I was changed. And so Matilda got up uh, after he had arranged, made arrangements and she preached her heart out to them and he translated for her. Her former, uh, a former prisoner, one of her converts was there as her translator and she handed out tracts that she had in their language and no doubt there were uh, many Laplanders whose hearts and souls were touched by the Lord. Now, there's one interesting story about Matilda that involves a horse that she had named Rama, And this story reveals to us a lot about Matilda, about her commitment to help prisoners, and about her commitment to God. So she had this beautiful horse that she absolutely adored. It had been a gift from her father. And she loved to ride Rama, and she would bring him treats, carrots, and apples and things. And Well, one day a young locksmith, that had been in prison and Matilda had worked with, came to ask her for some help. He needed fare to go to America. He explained to her that his reputation as an ex-con was preventing him from getting work. And if he didn't get work soon, he was going to be forced to go back into crime in order to survive. And he said his only hope of living an honest life would be if he could go somewhere where no one knew him. And the best solution seemed to be to go to America. And Matilda didn't have the money to help him. But she did have Rama. Well, she told the young man to come back in a few days. And she prayed about it. And all she could seem to think of, well, if she sold Rama, then she would have the money to help this young man make it to America and live an honest life. And so she took Rama for one last ride, explained to the horse what was going on, and gave him some treats, and she sold him. And this was very hard for her to do, but this is what she felt like the Lord was asking of her. And she gave the money to the young locksmith. And he was getting ready. To, it was the day he was to leave for America, and he came by for the money. It was pouring down rain. And he said, uh, Miss Reed, you don't have to go with me. I don't want you to get out in this weather. Um, just... You can give me the money and I'll, I'll, I'll be gone. And she gave him the money. She trusted him. Well, a few weeks later, Matilda sees the young locksmith going into a bar. 
and by this time he should have already been on board ship and well on his way to the United States. Well, Matilda follows him into the bar and confronts him, and he informs her that he didn't go, obviously. And she said, well, where is the money? And he said, I spent it. And she was crushed because she had given up that horse, that gift from her dad, that horse that she loved so much, no doubt, like a pet. She'd given it up for him, and he had gone and wasted all that money. Well, she was very drunk, and uh, she was heartsick, very heartsick, and began to question her mo- his motives, not her motives, but his motives, that perhaps he had this intended all along. And so she <clears throat> took him home, uh, I think if I recall correctly, rather roughly by the collar, and had one of the servants in the household give him some coffee and a special concoction that would help sober him up, and she had a long talk with him, and she told him what had happened. And she told him how she had sold her horse in order for him to be able to go to the United States. And he said, well, I'm sorry, but the money's gone and there's no way for me to get it back. And so she was heartsick. He went on his way. And at the end of the week, Matilda receives a note from a family friend. And she opens it up. And they told her they heard that she was selling Rama. And they figured that no doubt... She was selling Rama to help out some prisoner. And so they were the ones that actually bought Rama, And they were giving Rama back to her as a gift. She had sacrificed that horse that she loved so much. And the Lord gave it back to her. And so even though that young man had gone and squandered the money and all of that, the Lord gave Matilda back the horse. And I think that's a... A neat story, and I think it's neat. It shows us Matilda's commitment that she was willing to make major sacrifices in order to help people. She was willing to put her trust in people that proved untrustworthy, but the Lord protected her. And when she gave, you know, sometimes the Lord calls on us to lay things aside or give things up that are not sinful in and of themselves. And sometimes that struggle is so long and so hard. And when we give that thing into the Lord's hands, he then turns around and lets us have it back. This is an excellent, excellent example of that. As you can probably tell from the stories that we've talked about in connection with Matilda, she was very determined. And she was always determined to keep her promises. When she made a promise to visit a prisoner, Come H-E-double-L or high water, she was going to do it. And so one day on the way to visit a prisoner that she had promised to come see, uh, she fell. And she didn't just fall. Matilda fell and broke her ankle. And she prayed for herself. And she said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I will walk. And she got up, called a carriage, hobbled into the carriage, rode to the prison, hobbled out, determined to visit that prisoner, made her way to his cell. And when she arrived, he informed her that he had been born again. And that the turning point was when he found out that she visited the prisoners alone 
and she actually trusted them not to harm her. He said based on what he knew of the prisoners around him, her religion had to be real if she was brave enough to do that. And he wanted that experience. And he wanted to know the Lord like she did. And so he had given his heart to the Lord. And he was soon being shipped off to Siberia. And as an um, act of appreciation, he wanted to make Matilda a pair of boots. Uh, before he had been imprisoned, he was a bootmaker by trade. And he asked if he could measure her foot. And she lifted up her foot, and he saw her bruised ankle, swollen, fit to burst. And he said, why didn't you go to the doctor? And she said, first I had to come here like I had promised. And that commitment she had to meet with him, a prisoner, someone that most of society would look sideways at and would consider of little worth, that she would do that, she would suffer that to keep a promise she made to him. Why, it just made him sit there and weep. Now, Matilda never completely recovered from that broken ankle, probably in part because she walked on it after she broke it. But as long as she could get by in her life, she refused to walk with a cane. In fact, at one point, the cane they had given her after she broke her ankle, she took it and threw it out the window to one of the servants so they could hide it for her. So that's how determined she was to try to keep on uh, without a cane and trying to be healthy. But as she grew older, her health began to weaken. Uh, at one of the prisons, she had a heart attack while she was visiting the prisoners. But she finished her rounds before she stopped to talk to the prison doctor about her symptoms. Well, he realizes she's had a heart attack, and he immediately sends for a carriage. Now, there were some prisoners in the hallway that heard what was going on, and they called out to her and told her they didn't believe God was going to take her just yet, and if he did, they would hate him for it. And this disturbed Matilda greatly, and she very gently reprimanded them and said that if God took her, it would be because they had put her before God. And they grew very silent, and as she was there, waiting for a carriage to come and pick her up and take her to, uh, no doubt, to a hospital or to a, another physician. They stood like an honor guard around her. Well, Matilda recovered from the heart attack, but was forced to rest, and as she was getting older, it got harder and harder for her to keep moving. But in her eyes, she had no choice. This was the call that God had placed on her life. And, um... She kept taking chances with her health. In one instant, she had gotten too cold in one of the prisons and developed a really high fever. And in the night, she became delusional and fell on the floor, and nobody found her until the next morning. And as soon as she could, though, she got back up and went back to work. Well, she had been in the prisons, and she knew that prisoners were being mistreated, that they were not... Uh, treated fairly and she confronted the prison governors over the severe mistreatment of prisoners and they refused to listen to her so matilda then went to the inspector of prisons and he refused to listen to her so then baroness matilda reed went to the press and her word carried much weight with the public and it had a big impact however 
As a result of this, she was forbidden from visiting prisoners without an official escort due to her quote-unquote religious meddling. However, in an interesting twist, the country of Finland eventually realized they needed Matilda back in their prisons, and they lifted that requirement. When Matilda could no longer visit prisoners, she threw her door open uh, to anyone that needed to talk or needed help or needed food. She gave away just about all of her money and most of her food, but the Lord protected her still and used her greatly. And Matilda died in Helsinki at the age of 64 and was buried in the family vault. And prisoners from one of the prisons that she had worked at made a statue in her memory, and it was placed near her grave. And one of the amazing things about Matilda is truly her entire life was lived for God. You know, and she reached out to a segment of society that is often pushed away and looked upon with suspicion and despised. Prisoners, convicts, people sentenced to deaths, people sentenced to life in prison. And yet, those are the very people that the Lord Jesus sent her to with his message of forgiveness and hope and mercy and grace. Mercy at midnight. And I'd like to end this uh, podcast with a quote from Matilda Reed. A life placed in the hands of God will surely be used by him. And I hope you enjoyed this and thanks for listening.